0: <laughs> how do you do
1: that? I don't cuss <laughs> oh that's the music it gets me going every week I'm with my main man, Mike Sauter we're together
0: feels good to be back Richard. I feel like but I just talked to you in this same chair it was a week a week ago.
1: About a week ago. About a week ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic episode we've got coming up. I'm pretty excited because of the versatility and range. Yeah. Those are a couple of adjectives that I think our next guest has. I feel like... We've talked to a couple of District 66 folks. Yeah, I think we're just we kind of on we, the... <laughs> but this, now this is different because you told me, hey, listen, we got to be leery. We can't <laughs> just keep throwing West Side softballs because we've talked to DJ Rezac, which was about That's life. The, yeah. It was life coaching. It was it's kind of business yeah. and investing in other people. We've talked to Dr. Lucas. Twice. That was more about leadership in yes. crisis and being dynamic. Yes.
0: It wasn't with, our necessarily with, 66 stuff.
1: With our next guest, Brandi Paul, formerly known as Brandi Peterson, before she married her great hubby, former pitcher on a team that I played with, she was in the news biz, but now with her title, she's the director of communications for? District 66. District 66. All right. We're (laughs) we're still trying to behave ourselves. I promise you, this isn't all Westside all the time. Brandi, good afternoon. How are you?
2: Great, guys. How are you?
1: Good. I feel like... We're on opposite ends here. It's usually you asking the questions, opening mm-hmm. us up. So I appreciate uh, the time. So how are things? Being a mom, a wife, the liaison, all things to everybody. How's that going?
2: You betcha. You guys know more you're both dads, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. All right. So, you know, once school starts, it's like the floodgates open. What <laughs> night do you have to be where? Who goes to this thing? <laughs>
0: uh,
2: we're lucky in our family. We have man on man coverage. We're not spread. Oh, you don't have yet. to play zone, right? Nope. So no zone. So it's just a matter of, okay, what practice is tonight? Who's going here? What do you got on the docket today? And then weekends are perfect family time. So it, couldn't get any better. Sun's shining. It's a great time to be alive.
1: How do you like to transition?
2: You know, people ask me all the time, do you miss it? And I miss the people. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob, I still see quite a bit. Uh, your producer Cam knows that. I get to see him as well. Um, Melissa Fry, Christina Engdahl, you know, Andy, Kendi, some of those. They're just amazing, amazing human beings. And I think that's why people love watching them so much on TV, because what you see is truly how they are. They're just awesome, hilarious, kind people. So I miss seeing them every day. Um, But I love this role. I get to tell stories. And that's exactly why I got in the news in the first place was um, I have always been amazed by everything going on around us. And I felt kind of this creative fire to either write about it or showcase it through video or in some capacity. And here at Westside and in public schools in general, there are so many amazing things going on. So to get to do that and to still kind of feel that adrenaline rush that we had in news when there is something going on and it's our responsibility as leaders to step up and drive the ship and kind of handle how we're going to respond to that. That's great, too.
1: It's interesting, right, because th- there was we rattled off like six or seven things last week right. that we thought would be really interesting to get uh uh, to talk to you about. So let me start at the very beginning, right? The way we get information has changed a ton. For so, sure. um, it's not so much about accuracy anymore as much as it is being first. There's lots of ways to consume information. How was the transition for you coming from such a highly respected place at Channel 7, constantly number one, the epitome of credibility to have to adapt and get involved in this kind of new way to transition and and give information, but still kind of have the power of the story?
2: Yeah, some of the things are very similar. One of them is building trust. You know, a lot of it with um, when I was on TV was, you know. I would get very random emails about, I love your lipstick or your hair or whatever. (laughs) More more importantly, I hope that we really built that audience with people because they trusted us. They knew that if Rob McCartney told them something at 10 o'clock, then he did his homework, that Mm. they did their homework and it was factual and legitimate. I hope that people enjoyed my stories because... It really showcased people and shared what was going on. And it wasn't always about me or KETV or whatever. It was about the people. The same is very much true for what I do at Westside, that we want to build that trust and transparency with our parents and our taxpayers and our students, that we're going to tell them what's going on Um, if something happens. And I love that about Dr. Lucas. You guys had him on as a guest, you said. He is about the most transparent, honest guy you could meet. There's no hiding anything. If something happens in our district, we're going to own it. We're going to talk about what happened. And more importantly, we're going to talk about what we're doing because of that. Um, I want our families to know that, yeah, you can read something on next door. You can read something on Facebook. You can, you know, see something on TikTok, whatever it may be, but you're going to hear from us too. I think the, uh, What's more and more difficult, and you kind of alluded to this, even in just the five years I've been at Westside, Mm -hmm. the pressure of timing, of social media, of Mm. things floating around, it is a race against the clock sometimes. Mm. Um, We had a situation last year involving a couple of students who made a very disappointing video at school that was about a very heated issue. It was about the George Floyd murder. Mm -hmm. And... We knew that word was spreading like crazy. This video was out there on social media. It was going fast, but we also had things we needed to do on our end to make sure that we were protecting students, that we were having all these checks and balances in place, protecting folks' privacy. Um, But at the same time, having something ready to go because we wanted people to hear from us what was really going on before they could stir up the rumor mill anymore with things they had heard from so-and-so and 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 so-and-so. So that constant push of social media, it can be a beautiful thing. If we have a teacher who's done something amazing, we have a middle school teacher who's this petite little thing, she is brilliant, has a PhD, she's a leader. She's also a champion weightlifter. That's Mm. what she does in her spare time to beat off stress and to avoid all of that. We shared that on social media. It exploded. It went everywhere. That's awesome. Just to see someone not just as your teacher, but as a well-rounded, awesome person who's constantly pushing herself for something better. That's the great power of social media. The negative power of social media, and I think all of us are seeing that right now um, with COVID, is that everything is your platform. Everything Mm. is your sounding board. And I think it's more and more easy to not have any accountability behind what you're saying. It's not like you're saying something to someone's face. It's not like you are. I don't want to say people aren't trying to push for actual change because I'm confident people are very passionate in what they believe in, but there's a difference between getting on your high horse on Facebook and leaving a, you know, 12 page long, just diatribe about how you feel and actually taking the time to come to a board meeting and share your opinions with the people who can impact change. So it's a constant balancing act. It's a constant learning curve, um, to try and figure out how to navigate that, but you learn something new every day and you move forward. How do you, how
0: do you, you kind of brought it up a little bit, but how do you battle the misinformation, uh, stuff that's out there from your role like is there do you just have to jump on it jump on it yeah because you can well you don't because
1: there's a fine line right you
0: don't want to chase ambulances right yeah
1: but you do want to control the narrative at least i guess that like how does that overlap like how are you managing that throughout your 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 media career
2: so i try and fight with fact if we have factual information or, you know, on both sides. West Side was one of the first to put a mask mandate in place for this school year for K through six. And we had folks on both sides who were very upset. And all I could do, and I felt it was our responsibility to do, was to share the information that was presented to us that informed our decision. So the articles from the Nebraska Medical Center, the articles from children's, the video our local doctors had put together, um, the Douglas County Health Director, what she was telling us fight with fact. And then if you get another comment back, I kind of have a rule of twos where it's pretty clear that um, maybe someone is looking for affirmation of what they think and not information about what's going on. Mm. Then we just need to agree to disagree and let them share their opinion. And, you know, sometimes guys, I find out, especially on social media that our community will kind of, they'll buffer themselves. You'll have someone who has a really strong opinion and someone who will counter that, and then someone who will come back. I'm not always needed to jump in there, but I am needed if there's misinformation, myths, truths, things that are just out there that are just wrong, Mm -hmm. and I can set the record straight. And at least someone, maybe if they're not even commenting, they're just reading the thread, they can see, oh, well, Westside is saying this, I'm gonna click on their link or click on their article and kind of see where that's coming from.
1: It's interesting you talked about affirmation versus information. I just had this this conversation with Michael Severe, who you know this morning, and it, it's it's mm-hmm. about two things. Kind of empowering the user or the receiver of the information to discern what's just been told to him or her versus pawning that off this simple fact just because someone told you so because it is affirming what you already think, do you find yourself needing or wanting to get caught up in that? Or do you just leave it where it is?
2: You know, it's hard not to sometimes, um, because I see how hard some of our leaders work, um, nonstop, how passionate they are. Um, this is the only board I've ever served, but our board of education are some of the most devoted folks to education. They don't get paid for what they're doing, guys. They're just doing it because they love children and education and want to support people. And sometimes when I hear really negative insults and things being thrown at them or my district leadership, I go all mama bear and I'm like, Mm. you know, just, you don't even know what this is totally inaccurate. But it is absolutely important, in my opinion, to always assume best intent. Someone isn't just coming forward Uh, because they want to be hateful or mean or negative. They truly have a reason for their passion and their argument and what they're saying. So maybe that's just the former journalist in me always trying to see both sides and kind of see from someone's point of view um, to not fight negative with negative, to fight it with fact. And also, I certainly hope this of my own children. So if I hope this, I, I got to talk the talk and walk the walk myself. So that's why it's playing hope, it forward.
1: <laughs> that's right. I
2: hope more and more we start to reiterate to each other that, guess what? Because you agree with me or you disagree with me doesn't mean that you're a bad person or I'm a bad person mm. or that either of us are wrong. We can have different opinions and still be respectful of each other and have productive, engaging conversations, maybe passionate conversations, but leave that shaking hands and saying, you know what? Okay, we maybe at least learned a little bit more. And maybe you'll leave that conversation. And once that fire dies down a little bit, you'll think a little bit more about that person and walking in their shoes and okay, I'm gonna try and see where they're coming from. I'm gonna try and see their point of view. And if you move one, if you move the needle needle one more inch towards center, maybe that's a little bit of progress. So to to get back to what you're saying, it's hard to not get angry in response and to feel passionate and to just shake your head, but that doesn't help anything. It doesn't. And if you assume best intent and try and remember that everyone has a reason for their response, it makes it a little easier to respond with accurate information and not so much um, emotion in the process.
0: How, how quick is too quick coming out with, with information?
2: I always say, once you put it out there, you can't take it back. Right. Even if you think you can, you put it on Twitter, whatever. If I send out an email and Westside's a fairly small district for class a, we have 6,000 students compared to OPS is what? 54,000 yeah. mm-hmm. and Millard's 30,000 around there. If I send out an email, it goes to 7,000 plus people, mm-hmm. whether it's our staff members, our students at the high school, our parents, Uh, We have a database of about 1,500 community members, whether they're alumni, business owners, taxpayers, whatever. I put out an email. I can't take it back. And so I'm very lucky that we have built a wonderful, we call it our emergency response team. But really, it's just three members of our district leadership who we work so well together and we will view a document and then reread it and sometimes meet real quick and just have an open conversation about, it may even be one word. I don't really register that word, or I have a really negative response to that word. There's a much different connotation between assault and confrontation and attack or incident. You know what I mean? So just talking those things out and getting different perspectives ensures that if we feel good about something, then our chances of having to renege on something or pull it back or offer an additional email are far slimmer and, Again, I think that goes back to the, the openness and transparency. It's okay to say you made a mistake and back up, but it's also so very important to have those conversations before you make the push. So, Matt, again, that's Mike, that's part of our challenge is um, fighting the social media clock, but also making sure you're as accurate as you can be.
1: These last couple of days... Um... It's been fairly intense in social media. We we saw the press conference with Coach Frost. We saw the handling of the media. Whether Whatever side you're on, what we saw over the last 24 hours was people clearly picking sides. Hey, the the media does this, or hey, Coach Frost does this. You said something earlier about assuming best intent. This morning I said to Michael, I said, maybe if – we're more respectful or cognizant of the original thought, whether we agree with it or not, can help us kind of navigate going forward after those initial thoughts or words are disseminated. Are, are there any tips or hints that you practice that you've had to practically put in play that keep you in check even if you don't really agree what's going on so you can continue to provide information?
2: You bet. I would just say, and this is something that um, I haven't always intentionally done, but Westside has provided a lot of opportunities to us for professional learning and just listening to each other. I've already noted I'm a big storyteller and I'm a big story taker. I don't don't even know what that means. Um, I love listening to people's stories and their perspectives and It just makes you think differently, I think, if you know someone or have heard someone's story that you can relate to or empathize with. Um, Great example, Damon, you and I have talked about this, when our country and our city were going through such terrible racial issues and divides and awful things that were happening in our country the last couple of years, Westside had a uh, forum for our administrators and staff members where we just had a panel of staff members who were Black, Hispanic, um, female, whatever it may be, um, Jewish, just a number of different backgrounds, just to share, not to preach, not to say you should think like this or you should read this article, but just sharing their story. And these are people that are our coworkers. These are people we see on an everyday basis basis, and we like, we share jokes with, we hang out with after work, and to hear some of the things that they were sharing, you know, an assistant principal who said one of the first questions he ever got was, are you our new security guard? Because he was the first Black assistant principal a student had ever seen, or, you know, another, um, one of our directors who is Hispanic talking about some of the questions he's gotten, and oh, I'm sure you like soccer, and just that these are things that they encounter, I'm not being told what I should think or what I should read, or this is what you should do, or you should check out this book. I'm just listening to their story. I'm just trying to think about what would that feel like if that were me? For me, at least, that has been huge. Mm. It makes me think nonstop about what would this situation be like for that person? What would this situation be like for me if I was that person? And that has made me just want to keep an open mind, learn more about something. And with that, I would note that when you are keeping an open mind, just make sure that the sources you're looking at have some legitimacy behind them. Um, There are so many different things floating around right now, and I know there are folks out there who would argue that CNN, your Fox News, your MSNBC are not legitimate news sources anymore. That's fine. Find something that is a credible news source and. You know, watch Rob McCartney on Ketv. I don't know what else (laughs) to tell you. But make sure that what you're looking at isn't like, this is the way you should think.com, you know? Um, And one of my favorite examples of that, I saw, this is not going to reveal super amazing insight on me, but Chrissy Teigen tweeted something really insightful and I just thought was really neat last year. But it was a retweet. And when I looked at the original tweeter, it was like a college kid in his dorm with 300 followers. Mm -hmm. Like who knows where that kid got that information or what source he was citing or what, but because Chrissy Teigen tweeted it with her 2 million followers, immediately it had legitimacy, like research where you're getting your information, track it down, see if it's legit. um, And then just have empathy, try and learn as much as you can about other human beings. And always remember that we're other human beings. We're human beings. And even if you don't agree or get along with someone, you can always just smile, walk away, do something good for someone else, and at least counter that negativity with something positive.
1: I asked Mike, we got into this kind of spirited discussion a couple of weeks ago about, you know, it seemed like if you had to kind of typecast, we, we were talking about the vaccine and, I said those that are anti seem to be a lot more vocal than those are for and there's just something in the delivery style. And I said, gosh, sometimes you almost feel like if you're for or the greater good or more other centered, you tend to be a little bit more reserved in your delivery, right? It's it's those that are against normal policy that are the loudest. How do you like how good of a or tight of a juggling act is it when you want to have perspective and understanding and empathy, because I think that's a beautiful word, but you're in the facts-based business and you bottom line data, right? Because oftentimes those worlds collide and people immediately pick sides of news information.
2: Yep.
1: Uh, do you, you, you leave that where it is? Because well, like, I yeah. think empathy and perspective is huge. But I also don't want to compromise what I believe either.
2: Of course, absolutely. So a couple of things. If you're passionate about something and want to change something, my biggest advice to you from just my chair, from where I was a news anchor, the chair I'm in now, if you want to get someone's attention and really be heard, have respect, do your research, be professional. Um, I would note that We have had many people in our district who do not believe that a mask mandate is the right way to go, who have been extremely professional and respectful and have come to our board meetings with prepared statements and have replied to our emails, just asking for information. Awesome. We don't have to agree. Those are the people we wanna hear from. You are our parents, you're our taxpayers. You should have a say in what we're doing. We want to hear you. But if you come to the table screaming at us, pointing your finger, holding up signs saying we're a cult, and you know you don't care, I think immediately that defensive wall goes up. Mm. We're not going to listen to as much of what you have to say because we're immediately on the defensive, and that's just what human beings do. You put up those barriers as self-protection. So that's my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice would be talk to a person in person if you can and I'm very guilty of this sometimes just because of the sheer magnitude of the volume of what we're getting through email or phone calls or texts or whatever it may be Um, our student services director Robert Aranda he I call him the parent whisperer because he gets it he knows we're human beings we respond best to other human beings so if a parent calls us whether it's an issue with masks or schedules or they have concerns He calls them. He sets up a meeting to actually talk face to face. And think about that. If you're super passionate about something, you can maintain that passion and still have it. But are you going to scream it at someone if you're face to face? Mm. Or are you going to try and explain where you're coming from? Because you don't want to be that combative and attacking someone else. It's much more difficult to do that on the phone or in person than it is over email or just responding to something super quick. Um, With one of our situations last year, I spoke on the phone with a parent of one of our players um, when we had an awful situation come up. And I think that we both left that conversation better for it. I hope that she felt that we cared enough about her, her son, and her opinion that we called. We didn't just say, thank you for your time, and that was it. I hope she knows that I left that conversation truly impacted by her taking the time to call us and share their perspective and really thought about what can we do to make sure this does not happen again. So those two things, be professional, be respectful, be prepared, and also just remember you're talking to another human being, not a computer, not Autobot on the other side. Do you have time to set up a meeting, to go to your board meeting, to go to your mayor or your governor, whomever it may be and make that personal appeal be a person because that's what people are going to remember and connect with.
0: Is that is that where you think in this, my opinion I guess is that's where we have missed that person uh, personal interaction the last year now and a half and I, where
2: Mike, I think maybe longer than that. I just had this talk with my husband and our friend Mark Cranek, Damon. Yes.
1: Um, yes, one of the funniest people in America. A-
2: Awesome. Had a deep conversation about this last week about when did this start? Mm -hmm. And I can remember little shades of it. I feel like during the Obama McCain campaign where people were just getting really vindictive and mean. And even those two candidates at the time would stop people in the crowd Mm -hmm. and say, no, ma'am, he's not like that. Mm -hmm. He's a good person. We just believe very differently. Both of them did that at times. How great. To just have a, a good campaign based on the issues. I feel like over the years, it's just become more and more acceptable to just be mean online, in emails. Um, it's just okay because you're being real, you're saying it like it is. Well, I think you can do all of those things and still be kind. You know, we were all such big believers in that for a while. Be kind, it's, it's not hard. Be kind. Teach your kids, be kind. Um, I wish we could go back to that. And I think you're exactly right. I think the boom in social media, there are many benefits, but it's also a coward's platform of putting things out there without having to stand in front of someone and actually say that. And that makes it a lot easier to not be there heart and soul to back up what you're saying.
1: That might be the answer to my question, because what I was going to ask is, with Twitter and Facebook and and social media see the there it's easier to cross in theory it's easier to cross barriers right i think people feel more connected because you're more accessible right and it's immediate why do you think that it's devalued what we think of other people as opposed to bringing value usually you, you feel better about somebody, the more accessible they make themselves to you, but somehow it seems to have got a little convoluted.
2: Yeah, and I think it goes back to, it's not human to human interaction. I wow. mean, we can say that, you know, it is and we're connected and I have all these friends on the Facebook. I'm so great. I know all these people. Do you? Eh. You know people? <laughs> that, that friend you're so proud of on Facebook that you just told your oh, we're BFFs. Do you know their mom's name? Uh, You know where they were born? Do you know what their favorite hamburger is or what their favorite topping is? Like what we are construing is friends. And I'm just as guilty of that as anybody else. You don't have that human to human interaction. Um, My husband reminds me of this all the time. He's still the guy that will call his friends all the time and just have a conversation and hear their voice and laugh and you can't, you can't do that in a, a chat, in an ongoing Twitter thread um, that may add to it. It may be the icing on the cake, but you got to have the cake itself, that actual human to human interaction foundation before you can have all those things to add to it.
1: Let me ask you this before we let you go. What over time now, since leaving television and, and, and taking this role, which has become more easier for you to describe? News or media?
2: I think that they are two different things. Isn't it amazing uh, how that's <laughs> kind
1: of seemingly happened over a hundred percent, a
2: hundred percent? And um, I've had this conversation with some of my family members, some of my friends, that you know, the people that you see on your local news that are doing the articles in your local paper, that are sharing insight on our teams and things on our local radio, they're here. They're in our community. They are responsible. Rob is from Papillion. Melissa grew up in Omaha. John Oakey has lived here for 30 some years. Damon, you grew up here. You played for the Huskers. Like these are people who are here. They are invested here. Even if you have a reporter who just moved here, They're finding their favorite coffee shop. They're finding their favorite place to run. They're they're forging connections. These aren't people who are just, that's the distinction to me between media and news. Um, Your local news reporters in particular, they wanna do well. They want, and you guys know this. I I feel like this is a constant (laughs) fallacy people have in their minds. Reporters are getting paid nothing. (laughs) They're, You know, they work Christmas, they work overnights, they don't eat some days because they're going from cat at a house fire to, you know, tree falling down in traffic to a murder. They they work so hard because they have something in their heart that they just want to tell good stories. They just want to tell the world what's happening. And especially at the local level, I just hope people realize that You know, when mistakes happen, no one gets more upset about it than the reporters themselves. Um, So to hear things like fake news and that it's, you know, we're, we're spinning it and turning it. There's always gonna be a component where it is a business. You do have to make money, but the underlying theme of all of our local news is that they are working hard to tell good factual stories. Media, to me, can be anything. Mm. You can start a podcast and make things up on, you know, no, that's not really grass. That's something (laughs) that the government is creating to make all of us zombies by the year 2025. You can do anything you want with absolutely no backing or, you know, it, it can just be your opinion. It can just be something you're creating. It can be for an underlying reason, you're trying to promote something so you make money in return. To me, that's the difference. There is a world out there allowing people to create any kind of media that they want, any kind of message, any kind of product that they want. News is held to a higher standard where they do have those checks and balances. In a newsroom, it's reporter, anchor, producer, news director, all of these different levels that are going to be checking themselves in addition to the public checking them if they put something out there that's not right there's not always those same checks and balances for media mm. doesn't mean it's a bad thing i'm just saying i think the two worlds are very separate
1: i had a feeling we would, i had a feeling we would get that's some insight so right yeah see practical applications yeah. <laughs> never suck bp we appreciate that <laughs>
2: Absolutely,
1: guys. I appreciate you letting us uh, take up 35 minutes of your time on a busy day, but uh, I feel like I'm learning. I'm not not just throwing you a bone either. Like the whole news versus media thing – weird that's going to come up again it may or may not be on a morning show but you'll get all (laughs) all the credit in the world man we appreciate your insight the rule of two works for me yeah the rule of two is fantastic
2: (laughs) i love it and hey if you guys need another west side guest you just let me know (laughs) (laughs) shots fired (laughs)
1: oh you're the best in the business that's brandy paul the communications director for district 66 brandy we thanks for joining us
2: you bet guys see you later
1: yeah that is another episode of Playing It Forward. How good was that? That was good, right? It's almost like I'm taking notes. I need and to
0: re-listen to that like three, or four times.
1: And it's so prevalent with what we're doing oh, now—the vitriol and the fighting oh, and the back gosh. and forth. We, we just don't respect one another. No, I, human
0: I, interaction, man. Yeah, human I'm stuck. I'm
1: stuck on that. Yeah. Good at what she does. The pod will drop on Thursday. We're back next week with another fantastic episode. Not sure we can top that one. <laughs> but we'll do what That's we right. do. See you next week.
0: A Huda Media Production.